Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone. All right, welcome back to episode 8080 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by the Hub Chicago. And uh, got a little bit of a loaded card. <laughs> card. Loaded episode and card. Loaded episode for you today. Um, we kind of switched things around. We were going to talk about the AFC South this week, but. With the news of the Pat Mahomes deal, everything like that, we thought it would be fitting to talk about the AFC West. So we're going to do our AFC West preview. But if I learned one thing in my one year of journalism school, it's don't bury the lead. And the big lead for this weekend is UFC 251 on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Um, it's a pretty big one. Before we jump into that, I was totally off topic, but I was thinking of this when I was making my drink before I sat. we sat down. I was like – so uh, you do the intro just about every week. We switched up a few, um, and like the hand, like handful of people that know us personally that listen to this. Outside of that, do you think people know which one of us is which by our voice? Absolutely not. Not like because people are well. I don't even know who we are. I will say we used to have back when we had the same mic that we because we used the blue snowball and when I had mine before it crapped out. We had like the same audio quality. I bought this new mic. It's it's pretty decent, but you can yours when I'm listening back to it and editing it, you you sound much clearer and I don't know. So maybe I think we have a little bit of different voices. You kind of I don't know. I think I'm more don't take this the wrong way, but I think I have a deeper voice than you and you kind of like talk louder than me because of your because you have you have better mic quality. I don't know. I was just thinking I'm like, hmm, people probably don't know. Which one leads off, or like if they don't know us, which one's which in our logo and things like that. So I was like, interesting. Yeah, well. I kinda, just kind of threw that out there. Which one's which in the logo? I'm the taller one with a gap that no longer exists. So the teeth. that's yes. that. Yeah. That is Jarrett. Um, either way, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yes, UFC 251 on Fight Island. Three title fights. Three. Pretty so big card. Crazy. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the Peter Yan fight was for a title. Well, it's vacant because um, what's I'm his dick retired? I number three, so I just. Yeah, I mean Aldo. Like I it shouldn't have gone Aldo. Aldo. Six. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was. It's a weird one. I don't know why that one's the title fight. I mean, if you look up the uh, the bantam weight rankings, but it's it because be Moraes and Sterling. But Moraes already got it. It should be Al Jamal Sterling. He definitely should be one for the title. It should be Sterling and Jan and not Jan and Aldo. But but either way, whatever. Fight Island, the island is sick. I didn't know that it was like a civilized island already. I thought it was kind of like a deserted island that he bought and was turning into something. No. So that was that kind rich. of portrayed differently. Um, and the ring is outside. Yeah, it's, it's on the beach. In Abu Dhabi. So yeah. 
that doesn't sound very cool. Like cool weather wise. No, it's gonna be hot. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, there, it's it's a pretty loaded card. Uh, we're gonna talk about four fights on the main card. We didn't want to do like a big, huge deep dive into it because we are discussing the AFC West this week. So we're going to kick things off with the second fight on the main card. It's a woman's strawweight bout, um, Jessica Andrade, uh, who is a plus 175 dog versus Thug Rose Namahunas, who's a minus 200 favorite. Now, this is their second time fighting one another, um, and last time did not fare super, super well for Thug Rose. Yeah, which kind of honestly took me by surprise why – she is minus 200 because it's not like uh, she was beating Jessica Andrade's ass whenever she got knocked out. Like it was a close fight through and through. Yeah. So, and she got knocked out by a fucking slam, which is yeah, by a slam. Not something you see very often. No. So as much as I love thug Rose and I'm a huge fan of her, I am just going straight value pick here. Jessica Andrade plus 175. I'm doing the same thing, but I just want to say, is it is it really value though? Like, I think this I, is. I think a value for me is one big part of it, as well as how the last fight fared. That's what I'm saying, and like for me, like you heard all these rumors about Thug Rose and how she, you know, contemplated retiring after she lost to Andrade last time, and you know was really questioning if she really wanted to fight. And then they were supposed to fight, and then she backed out because, um, come to find out, a couple of her family members actually died from coronavirus. Um, but it just doesn't seem to me like she's in the right headspace, and her head's not all the way there. And you could kind of tell that in her last fight against her because she was defending her belt, and she, you know, dominated Joanna Jemchacek twice. The Thug Rose did, and like, yeah, she's totally different against Andrade. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at, I, I wanted to pick Rose, and then I just simply looked at the fight and how it went last time, and I was like, what am I doing? Absolutely not. Pick Jessica. And if you rewatch the fight from last year, I mean, it was only in the second round, and the pace that she was keeping was way too much for Rose to handle. Um, she's bigger in terms – like, she's smaller, but she's thicker, so she's stronger. Rose's only advantage is on the ground, and I don't think that she's going to be able to get much done. Yeah, Rose likes to she, – she likes to keep things a little bit more slow. And like you said, like Andrade likes to keep a quick pace. So it's really going to come out and whoever, whoever sets the tone in that first round, you know. Um, if Andrade can come out and keep that fast pace up, this is only a three round fight. Last time their fight was five rounds because um, it was a title fight. So this is only a three round fight. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I personally think if you know, like I said, I not only am I taking the the value of it at plus one seventy five, but I also think she's gonna knock her out in the second round. Um, so I'm gonna do like two units on Andrade at plus one seventy five. I'm gonna do one. So good shit. Roll into the technical third card. Or third fight on the main card. Yep. It's the vacant Bantamweight, which we were just talking about. Peter Yan, minus 240 favorite versus Jose Aldo, which is a plus 200 underdog. Yeah, and for me, like, Aldo hasn't been the same since McGregor beat his ass in 13 seconds. Um, if you look at his his record since then, he's lost four of his last seven since that McGregor fight, including two in a row. Um, Yan is undefeated in the UFC. He's not the most exciting fighter. He does has a lot of decision victories because he's very technical, very sound, um, very smart. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think he should have gotten a title fight. Like I even said, it should have been, it should have been, if we're fighting for the vacant bandweight title, it should have been Jan and Sterling. Uh, Moraes has had a shot. 
didn't 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 seize it. So I'm actually going to go Peter Yan by decision and give me three units just because he's at minus two forty. Yeah, I didn't have an outcome, but I had Peter Yan at three units. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't love it, but no. just based on what's on the line here, like the, you got the title. I think Yan wants to fight a guy like Sterling or Moraes for to defend his title. I don't think he can afford to lose it, especially to Aldo, who's I think sixth in the bantamweight division. Um, so, and you also have to consider the fact that this is Aldo's only second fight at 135. Didn't look amazing in the first one. No. So I'm gonna roll with Jan here. Just he on. did. Get, he did get robbed in the first one, though. He definitely got robbed against yeah. Lauren. Yeah, he got robbed. So I mean, funny, that's another thing. Funny thing is, his last fight uh, was a the Usman Covington fight. And so was Max Holloway's last fight with Usman Covington. Yeah. A lot of these guys like opening for Usman apparently. Yeah. So which leads us into uh, the co-main event, the featherweight title bout, um, a good one. They're running it back. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is the champion. He is at minus two twenty versus Max blessed Holloway at plus plus one eighty five. Um, and you know, obviously this is this, you know, Volkanovsky beat Holloway to secure the band, the, fe- the featherweight title. Um, and it really wasn't close last time, like at it all. It was pretty close. Ah, I, I mean, if know, you man. look at all the stuff, I mean, it was, it really wasn't that bad. It was, I think 49, 48, 49, 48. And then one crackhead judge scored at 50 to 45, which was mind blowing. Cause it really was not. Yeah. That far away. But yeah. uh, I I don't I thought it was pretty close and because it went to decision and because I thought it was close, I'm picking Max Holloway at plus one eighty five just because I'm not taking Volkanovsky at minus two twenty. Yeah. So I actually am not betting on this fight in real life. Like I don't I this I was able to pick all these other fights with not not ease, but you know, I leaned one way very heavily. So this is the one I'm just like, I don't really know like what to do. I am taking Volkanovsky for the sake of the podcast, but I am not personally bet on him. And I do think he'll win by decision. It's going to not be super, super duper exciting, but that's kind of how I'm leaning. I, I feel complete opposite. I think, I don't think this fight's going the distance. I mean, these two just straight slung and swung at each other last time they fought. I mean, it was like 160, 150 strikes a piece landed um, so I think it'll be kind of like the, the next fight that we're going to talk about. And they're just going to be, you know, stand up boxing the entire time. So someone's going to get KO'd. I just think the value is too good to not pick Max Holloway. So I'm just going to do one unit with him. Yeah. I mean, this is a fight that I'm going to want to sit back in and I want to enjoy because I do think that these are the two, like they're at the top of that division and that featherweight division is stacked. So it's always a fun One forty fives are always fun to watch. Um, and, you know, hopefully that you know, I can just sit back and enjoy the fight and someone does get knocked out. But just for the sake of the podcast, That's what I'm I only on. yeah, don't yeah. love it. But I'm actually not even going to put out a line for that. But, you know, I just picked Derek it. Derek can't afford a, a loss at this point. No. Yeah. Um, next one. We've got the welterweight title. And this is what this fight should have been all along. Gilbert Burns should have never even have been in, been in this in this position. Never. No. So. It's Kamaru Usman, Kamaru the Nigerian Nightmare Usman, the champion of the welterweight division at minus 320, facing off against Jorge Gamebred Masvidal at plus 260. And 
I remember whenever they, they set up the, the Usman Burns fight, I traveled on vacation. I sent, I texted it to him, the card, he goes, what the fuck? Not Masvidal. And I said, they're in a contract dispute, whatever, but whatever we're here, it's happening. Let's go. Yeah. I hated, I hated the Burns just standing. Cause I personally think that Usman would destroy him. Well, they used to be training partners. Yeah, you know they were, they are training partners. They were yeah. all the way up until this last camp. Yeah. And so you just think about it and look who, look where Usman is and look where Burns is. And they're the same fighters. Usman would destroy him. Yeah. Now you've got to take Masvidal, who's kind of like, while he has the same style fighter, they fight totally different at the same time. I mean, Masvidal literally got his start fighting in Kimbo Slice's backyard on YouTube. Like the dude is just a fucking scrapper. Um, the only other person who was it? I can't remember who it was. There's only um, one other fighter who has had more UFC fights before a title shot than than Masvidal. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but no so, idea. I mean, he's but fought a ton. I think me and Jared are both leaning the same. All about value tonight. So Jorge Masvidal plus two sixty, and that's what I want to win too. You doing five? Five. I guess I did. I did put a hundred bucks on him in real life, so I guess I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do five as well for the sake of the podcast. It's obviously a bit more. Well, I guess a hundred about about weighs out to five units. Twenty yeah, bucks, twenty-ish bucks, yeah. But by no means do I think it's a sure shot win. No. I mean, Usman is good. Don't get me wrong. As much as I do not like him, he's good. Jorge, just I mean, he feels so right in this fight. He didn't earn the. BMF title by not being able to take shots. He has only been knocked out once in his career, and it was back in 2008. But how many times has he been submitted? Because that's what you got to worry about with old Marty Usman from Nebraska. Mar- Marty Usman's only had two submissions in his career, or one submission win in his career, and Masvidal's only been submitted twice. Yeah. Okay. So well, I think these are going to be. This is going to be a stand-up fight for 90% of it. Um, and then I'm just going to go with who I think is going to be able to take more shots, be quicker, stay, I guess, endurance in that shitty heat, and I'm going Masvidal. Yeah, I mean, look back to Usman's last fight between him and him and Covington, and everyone's like, oh, he whooped Covington's ass. Like, he knocked him out. Like, bro, no, he knocked him out in the fifth round because Covington broke, broke his jaw. And those are two wrestlers, two guys that had a wrestling background that like to ground it on the ground who just stood up and, and threw and, and swung with each other. And I'm sorry, but if, if Marty Usman does that against Masvidal, he's going to lose. I mean, look, look what he, look at Masvidal did, did to Nate Diaz. I mean, he busted his ass up and Nate Diaz can take some fucking hits. So um, I just think that Masvidal is a better striker. He's more experienced on his feet. So if this stays on the feet, I can see him getting him in a, in, in a, in a late TKO, like a fourth round TKO. Um, so I'm going Masvidal here as well, just because of the value, and I want him to win. Yeah, he's really he's really grown on me since he knocked out Askren. I hated him that day, but yeah, that day I, he could have went and died in a hole for all. <laughs> but yeah. he he's grown on me. Not a big fan of Usman. I just I mean, it just feels right. Like I'm who's gonna bet on Usman at minus three twenty? Nobody, nobody. And I think the odds are as favored as they are because you know he took it on a six-day notice he was having contract disputes who knew if he was working out i mean the dude looks like he could be a hobo and dude he was somewhere. eating he was eating pizza on his private jet to abu dhabi i'm like yeah, bro you yeah. gotta you gotta cut weight in five days come on he I said mean, he's gonna cut me 
Yeah, it does. But this reminds me a lot of uh, McGregor Diaz one when Diaz took the fight on 10 days notice came in there a super giant underdog. Thank God I wasn't into gambling things. I would have fucking hammered McGregor. And I mean, Diaz pulled it off. So this, this reminds me a lot of that. So for value and just for sheer and entertainment purposes, bet on Masvidal. Yeah, exactly. Three out of the four fights I picked underdogs. I mean, this card's going to be insane. You'll be a fool to not watch it. Yeah. Um, me and Jared are going to have to figure out a way to watch it. We'll be at our parents' river house, but I'm going to have to because you're yeah. not missing this fight. At least uh, not not the last three, not the last two for sure. I mean, I would almost want to have to watch the entire main card, maybe not the first fight. Yeah, for sure. But it's going to be a good one. Check it out, ESPN Plus. Uh, bet. It's going to be a fun time. Um, with that being said, let's go ahead and roll into now – um, switching gears completely, going from fighting to football, uh, we're going to talk about the AFC West preview. And as always, we kick it off with the best team from the previous season, and obviously that is the defending the defending Super Bowl champions. Pains me to say it. Ooh, I think I just died inside. Yeah, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending AFC West champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and first and foremost, Travis asked it all over the social media today, the Pat Mahomes deal. It's a 10-year, $503 million deal. Um, you asked, you know, is he worth it? It kind of blew my mind at the so, amount. I don't think they thought about it enough. So uh, in the, when I first saw the number, I'm like, that's fucking stupid. But then I looked into the details of it. I'm not saying it's smart by any stretch of the measure, but the way they structured it where a lot of it's backloaded to where they're going to be paying him more on the back end of his career. They're paying him less now so they can afford superstars to surround him while he's in his prime. I think it's a little bit smart. I still don't think it's going to work out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. 100% great. But they're still going to be good for the next two or three years. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, and that, but that's how I look at it. Like, they have a window of three years, four if they're lucky, to be Super Bowl contenders. Because after that, it's going to be same old, same old Chiefs. You'll have some firepower on offense. Have no money to spend on defense. 
But put yourselves in in the fan shoes. Like they just won the Super Bowl with this guy. They just paid him, locked him up for technically twelve more years because he still had two years on his deal, and they added ten to it. Um, You know, and you probably got a like I said a window of like four or five years. If you could win two more Super Bowls in four to five years, if you win three Super Bowls in seven years, I would take that for my team in a heartbeat. I said they had four-ish years to be contenders. We all know that that is the possibility of that happening is very, very low. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, you know, in the right realm of possibility that they win. I say at max in this ten-year extension. So within the next twelve years, I think it is right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has two years left. I yep. say at max they win two more Super Bowls. So okay, that's three Super Bowls in seven years, five years. Well, technically, fourteen. Oh, you're saying that entire span. Yeah. See, I don't. I think their window is even shorter. I think the way they structure this contract. Well, I mean, I'm just back, saying, like, you're paying all this money for 14 years, and you're like, like they're going to be absolute dog shit the last five years of this deal. Five. Well, that's fucking seven. <laughs> I think over the next 12 years, they have his first five years. From the time he's 23 to 28, that's their window. This is how I look at it. So in the the eyes of, is Patrick Mahomes an amazing quarterback? Yes. Would I ever pay anyone or support anyone to get this amount of money? No. And this is why. Look at different sport. Look at Mike Trout with the Angels. The Angels suck so bad because they cannot afford to surround him with talent. Well, because they have Mike Trout and Pujols' contract, which both suck. But Exactly. I mean, they have – I mean, Tyreek Hill's contract is, was like three years, $54 million, which is pretty big for a wide receiver. Uh, when, is, when is Travis Kelsey's contract up? Travis that's Kelsey years. has this year and the following year, and he's is done. It, is, the, is, the, is next year an option year? No, next year he's locked in. I think okay. the following year is – I think he's just a restricted free agent. And then Tyreek Hill – has an option year after this year, and then two more. And you got Miko Hardman. He's going to get a bag. I mean, you got to pay. They they franchise tag Chris Jones. They're probably not going to be able to afford him after after this year. They bought one more year of Chris Jones because of a franchise tag. So, I mean, so they I mean, have. I mean, they have an extreme amount of talent within the next three years that they're going to have to pay. I just don't think this was smart. Like, maybe they could have signed him to. Lesser of extension? I don't know. I mean, you have to ask. I mean, I really wanted to get. I really want to get Cyrus's opinion on this and what he thinks about it. But, but sure, I mean, love it. But I mean, yeah, it's just it, does, it. We'll see how it happens. I don't think it was dumb. I don't think it was smart. I think locking anybody up for more than five to seven years is asinine, in my opinion, especially in football. So. Like looking back at it, I know it's a different sport, but looking back at it, because we're from St. Louis, we're Cardinals fans. The pool holes deal. I was heartbroken when he left, pissed off. Now looking back, I'm like, thank God we didn't do that deal because that would have been a waste of money. Yeah, but we haven't won a championship since he left, and we won two while he was here. Exactly. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You're paying you're paying for the first however many years, whatever it is. I said that three more years to win a Super Bowl, which at that point would only be a year into this extension. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's the deal. We could talk about that all day until we're blue in the face, but let's talk about what they did in the offseason. Um, you know, obviously the draft, again, if you want to hear our thoughts on the draft, <laughs> go back to episode 74. I'll say it for five more times this this summer. Uh, but their key departures, I mean, 
They uh, lost he, a lot. They did. Matt Moore, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when Pat Mahomes was hurt, he came in and actually did really, really good for the team last year. They lost LaShawn McCoy, Spencer Ware, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. They lost uh, – uh, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. Stefan Wisniewski. Wisniewski, uh, Cameron Irving, Emmanuel Ogba, the defensive end left, Darren Lee, Reggie Ragland, that was a big one, uh, Maurice Claiborne, Kendall Fuller was another big one, although Travis is not a huge fan. And to me, the what hurts the most for them was Dustin Colquitt. I mean, he was a big part of that special teams unit. Well, I, th- I just think outside of Dustin Colquitt, I mean, Kendall Fuller was great for them. Darren Lee, Reggie Ragland, Morris Claiborne, and Kendall Fuller, those are huge. And Emmanuel Ogba, those are huge. That's five, that's five of their starters. It's five of their defensive starters. Big losses for them. Meanwhile, they only replaced them with Taco Charlton as a, a rival, and then they re-signed some people. But that's it. That's all they did. So I feel like in terms of if they got better or worse, obviously it's hard for a Super Bowl champion to get better. But I think they declined, if anything. I said it's extremely hard to improve upon a 12-win um, Super Bowl championship season. Uh, so I'm very inclined to say they got a little bit worse. They lost a lot of talent, on the de- mainly on the defensive side of the ball. Really, that's where it all went down. And like I said, losing the veteran punter, uh, an underrated veteran punter, and Dustin Colquitt was huge. Um, and their draft really didn't blow me away. So, yeah, I do think they got a little bit worse. Um, so we both think they got they de- they decreased a little bit. But, again – you know, you're at, you're at the pinnacle at Super Bowl. You can't really get much better than that. Um, so, sleeper, breakout, bust. Let's go on to sleeper. And, uh, Travis, go ahead and take it away while I get a drink. My sleeper pick is Damian Williams, the running back um, that kind of carried their team for the last, I don't know, I guess second half of the season into the postseason. He is a pass-catching back, so don't – go thinking that, oh, Damian Williams is going to be, you know, their amazing running back that does it all. No, he's a pass catching back. We'll more than likely see a lot of his shares through the air this year and all the snaps are going to be passing downs. He reminds me kind of exactly what James White uh, is or was for the Patriots. And the reason he's my sleeper is that, you know, probably not a lot of people think of Damian Williams when they think of, oh, what a good running back. But he is effective. He had six touchdowns last year in the postseason alone. So I'm looking for more of the same uh, this year. Just a lot of touchdown support from him. Yeah, we'll see. I I like that pick a lot. Um, It definitely pairs well with a player I'm going to talk about later. Um, So, Damian Williams, for your sleeper pick. My sleeper pick is going to be Frank Clark, the defensive end, the veteran defensive end. Um, They lost Ogba to the Dolphins. They did pick up Taco Charlton, but – We'll see how that plays out. He had a few good games with Miami last year, but obviously they didn't keep him for a reason. Um, and I really wouldn't expect Taco Charlton to do what he did in Miami last year in a 4-3 defense. He was great in Miami because they, they're, they're in a 3-4. Um, I think Clark's going to be overlooked by Okafor and Chris Jones because that's their two studs on the defensive line. Um, but, I mean, Frank Clark had eight sacks last year, which is nothing to scoff at. I mean, if you can get that production again, maybe even a little more, or maybe even just right at it, I think that's going to be huge for this defense, and it's a big sleeper that everyone's going to sleep on. So Frank Clark is my, my pick. All right. I do like Frank Clark. Uh, breakout player. My breakout player, which talked about yours, I think mine might be the same. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is mine. It's not mine. Running back. And why is you that? Hate, you hated that pick whenever they made it the draft. I hated that because – I felt like there are better running backs that they could have taken. Yes, they could have got DeAndre Swift. 
Yeah, but Williams is going to be, you know, that pass catching back. He's never been the bell cow to, like, just run the ball, run the ball. The Chiefs need their guy who can take a majority of the snaps to run it, and they haven't had that since Kareem Hunt. So I think that while Williams is going to be the technical starter, he's not going to be running the ball. It's going to be Edward Solaire. Um, It works perfectly. He's also a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I feel like with him, they'll be able to open up their playbook a little bit, and he'll just be able to have a season that most running backs wouldn't their their, uh, rookie year. Okay. I'm not saying he's going to be like this amazing guy. He's just going to serve well for them running the ball, which they haven't had. Okay. All right. I I mean, there's two sides to every coin. So Uh, my breakout player is going to be Juan Thornhill, the free safety. Now, you're probably thinking, who the fuck is Juan Thornhill? Well, um, he was a rookie last year. And really, only Chiefs fans and probably diehard film study people will probably know who this guy is. But this kid's going to be an absolute stud opposite of Tyron Matthews. Last year, he started all 16 games as a rookie and secured a PFF grade of 71.5 and was tied for eighth in the league with three interceptions. I mean, players who play that well every single game on defense rookie year are just bound to make a big jump from year one to year two. Um, and if you started all 16 games did that well, you're going you're gonna to make a big jump in your sophomore year. So I expect big things out of, out of Thornhill this year. We'll see. He's got a lot more depth to defend in the AFC West this year. So if he could do that successfully this year, I will be on the Juan Thornhill train. Um, bust, bust player. This was kind of hard for me to pick. It was hard, and which is why mine was a super big cop-out, and I was going to lean into it. Mine is your breakout player. Just for the simple fact of uh, – I, I don't know. I, I mean <laughs> – just, just a guess. Well – I mean, it really is, you know, and I, and I think Damian Williams is going to be the better. My, my reason is, is a lot of depth charts have him as the starting running back, which he may be, but I think the back that's going to be better and, you know, impress more in Chiefs fans' eyes is going to be Damian Williams. And I think people are going to look at him like, wow, Damian Williams is, you know, making all the plays, doing, doing, doing the lion's share of the work. And Edward Solaire wasn't worthy of a first round pick. Not saying he's not going to have good stats. I'm just saying he's going to be a quote unquote bust in terms of chief size because of that reason. He's not going to be the 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 big the, the big carrier there. I feel like our expectations are the same. I mean, I I definitely I'd mentioned that Damian Williams was going to be, going to get the touchdowns, going to be the guy to go to. I just thought that Hilaire, in terms of being a second string rookie running back, was going to be, you know, have a good year. Because I mean, really, other than that. There's not many players on this team who I could see having a quote-unquote breakout season. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I get, I get you. Other than that, my bust is Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker they drafted in the second round out of Mississippi State. He's the he, guy yeah. who had the attitude problems, fought his quarterback, uh, hurt him before their bowl game, made him miss the game because he had, like, face lacerations or some shit like that. Um, this guy – Missed eight games last season as a junior at Mississippi State. Um, some of them were due to team like violating team rules and stuff. So not only is this guy a locker room problem, but he's going to be out of shape. I don't think he's NFL ready at all because he's only played, I mean, what, two seasons his freshman, sophomore year, and then four games, five games out of his junior season at Mississippi State. 
and then they're throwing him right into a starting linebacker job. So I feel like that's just kind of feel your weight in happen right there. Yeah, I mean, I almost picked him. But he's a second-string linebacker, second-round pick. I was like, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. It's such a cliche to pick a rookie he's a first as a first linebacker. He's on depending, the he's a starter. Depending on where you look at it. In some places, have a, I can't remember who it is over him. But it is what it is. And I think that leads us into the MVP, which is an obvious pick. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, don't even need yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you don't pay a dude $500 million to not be the MVP of your team. So clearly Actually, he, I'm going to pick – no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's Pat Mahomes. So clearly that's the pick, which brings us to their Vegas uh, odds, win, their win total. Um, it's over under 11 and a half, which can be tricky, but I'm going to go ahead and let you lead this one off because I think that mine might be a bit surprising. This wasn't very tricky for me, even though the AFC West is not necessarily stacked to say, it's competitive this year. I don't think that there's anything to go but over here, especially because they're out of conference opponents are is the AFC East, which is the easiest conference ever. There's four wins right there. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about four wins in, in the AFC East. I they might lose to the Bills, maybe. I was it was tough for me. Well now the Pats have Cam Newton. So okay, he sucks. Yeah, but for me, like when I looked through their schedule, ran through it twice, I saw them as like an 11, 12, one team. They were twelve and four last year, won the Super Bowl in a much worse AFC West. The AFC West got better over the last year. They were an eleven and they were a twelve one team last year. So I see them at eleven or twelve, which is tricky because it has that eleven and a half. So I am going to say I said they got a little bit worse. On the intro, worse from a 12-win team. I see him at 11, 11 wins. 11-5 and five will probably still win this division, which is fine. Um, so I'm going to say under. I know, it's, I know it's tricky, but, I mean, they do have some tough games. They play their season opener against Houston, which Deshaun Watson, you know he's going to be coming out like, I'm going to go out there and fucking beat Patrick Mahomes because I want a $500 million contract. And then they play at Baltimore, at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans. Denver's not going to be easy this year. It's just a, a little bit of a tougher schedule, I think. Well, I have them dropping games at Baltimore, at Denver, and at New Orleans. Other than that, you leave one more game in there for them to lose, and that's it. There's their 12. Other than that, I don't see very many games that are like – But that, that's not a room – yeah, it's not a lot of room for error. It, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky line, that 11 and a half. It was 11, I would hammer the overall day. But that's why Vegas I don't is Vegas, see them so. only getting 11 wins. Either or, let's move into the Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders playing their – First season in Vegas with zero fans, more than likely. Which kind of sad. Kind of yeah. sucks, man, because it would be badass to see that stadium full. But it won't be. Obviously, their draft, they kind of fucked up as usual like they did last year. Their departures. I didn't hate, I didn't hate their first pick, but whatever. Yeah, there are way more picks on the board, though, is the thing. Mm-hmm. They picked the first wide receiver in Henry Ruggs. Other than that, their departures, they lost – Two QBs, which I didn't even know were on their team, Mike Glennon and Deshaun Kaiser. Had no idea they played for the Raiders. Uh, Vontae is perfect, which is kind of big, even though he spends half the time, you know, suspended. Here, Whitehead. <laughs> That's a big one, Carl too. Joseph. Carl Joseph was a big one to safety. Um, but they, but. Got, they got Nelson Aguilar, who can't catch a ball. Prince of Mucamora, who's pretty good. 
Jeff Heath, Malik Collins, Corey Littleton, Mariota, Carl Nassib, Demarius Randall. Like they got some people and Jason Witten, if you really want yeah. to count him as an arrival. Yeah. I mean, but he, I think he's going to pair really well with Darren Waller, serve as a great mentor to Darren Waller. Um, so I, and, as much as I hated their first round pick, I think they got better for sure. Uh, yeah. And it's, and I was, I forgot it. They went seven to nine last year. Like I forgot they won seven games. So, you know, um, it's I mean, more than hard 4,000 passing yards. So yeah, it's more than I thought that they were going to get and win last year. And I honestly think Gruden's doing good, doing a good job. I think, and I honestly think, I think Marcus Mariota will drive Derek Carr to be even better, which it's hard to improve upon 4,000 pass yards. He did throw a lot of interceptions, I think, though. Um, and I think Henry Ruggs instantly makes their offense better, along with Josh Jacobs, who's a fucking animal. Um, so, yeah, I'm, th- I'm saying they got better, especially because their arrivals definitely outweighed their departures. All right, well, let's not talk too much about all these players because we got sleeper breakout bust. Sleeper, I'm going to lead it off again. Uh, my sleeper for this team is Max Crosby, the defensive end. And – Many of you probably don't even know who that is. Last year was his rookie season. He recorded 10 sacks. But guess what? You probably didn't hear about him. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. As he was tied for 15th in the NFL with sacks, he was hidden behind your Joey Bosa's, your Nick Bosa's, your TJ Watts, all those people. And all those people stole the headline. Meanwhile, you have Max Crosby, a rookie, getting 10 sacks over here for the Las Vegas Raiders. So look out for him on your radar because he's probably going to be pretty good again. I love that pick. I almost picked him. My bre- my sleeper player, not breakout, sleeper, and he's the definition of a sleeper, has been a sleeper his entire career, and that's one of their free agent acquisitions, Carl, Carl Nassib, the defensive end. Um, he was in Cleveland. If you guys watch Hard Knocks, they got cut for whatever fucking reason because that coach is a moron. Um, but he's not in the starting rotation. He's probably going to be, you know, the third or fourth guy, third or fourth defensive end off the bench. Uh, but he brings a veteran presence to a very, very young pass rushing squad. I think Colin Farrell is going to learn a lot from him. His last two years at Tampa Bay, he had six and a half and six sacks, six sacks respectively, as well as tallying a career high in tackles last year. 
I could see him disrupting some of these quarterbacks in the AFC West and that pass rushing, um, you know, rotation of, of, of Vegas being a very, very big problem. So Carl Nassib is my sleeper player. All right. Head into breakout, which I think this player was my sleeper last year is Hunter Renfro, the wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, had him had him there last year, but I bet people still sleep on him because you have your big play guys. Like so, should he be, so, so should he be your sleeper then? If people sleep on him, no, people are sleeping. People will still sleep on him, but he's going to be my breakout player because he's going to do better than he did last year. But he's mm-hmm. going to have a pretty good year. Um, anyway, Dick, you have your big play guys in Tyrell Williams, Henry Ruggs, Renfro is going to be that little guy, little white dude who does his little five and ends, his little slant routes, and kind of just tears shit up. Last season, he started in four games and had 605 yards and four touchdowns. So I'm expecting like close to a 1,000-yard season, six to seven touchdowns with a full season because he's their slot receiver this year. I mean, Derek Carr has got to throw the ball to somebody, and – I think with the wealth that they're going to spread out, I don't know if honestly don't know if they're going to have one a thousand yard receiver, but I see them having multiple six to eight hundred yard receivers. Um, so I like that pick a lot um, because my guy that I'm going to talk about is going to help be part of us that wealth. And my breakout player is Henry Ruggs. Um, you think of a of a speed asset, and the Raiders don't have it. I mean, last year. Darren Waller was their leading receiver with a thousand one hundred forty-five yards. Um, the next best lead was Tyrell Williams, and right behind him was Hunter Renfro, both in the in the six hundred range. I think Ruggs is that star, that absolute star in offense that Oakland hasn't. Oh fuck Oakland, that Vegas, that the Raiders haven't had in a very, very, very long time. And I just see him pairing. If Carr is on his game, I see the combo of Waller, Ruggs, and Renfro being a fucking problem. Yeah, I just there. There's only two ways I think that Henry Ruggs goes, and that's Tyreek Hill or Tavon Austin. Ooh. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's either going to be really good or he's going to be really bad. Yeah, Tavon Austin, man, that's that's that one cuts deep. To <laughs> going the soul. going into our bus picks, and as much as it pains me to say, I am going Derek Carr slash Marcus Mariota, pretty much the, Q, the QB position. I gave Derek Carr the benefit of the doubt last year. I think he was my breakout player. Um, I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards, like you said. I'd say, yeah, he threw for 4,000 yards, but it doesn't matter when you can't put the ball in the end zone. He only had 21 touchdowns to show for 4,000 passing yards, which is not good. He had eight picks, which, well, I mean, yeah, that's not bad. It's not going to win you games when your defense isn't, you know, top tier in the NFL. And right behind him, you have the elbow clicking Marcus Mariota to back him up. So, I mean, if this team wants to have wild card contention, they need to get a QB back there. Yeah. I don't hate that bust. My bust um, – by the way, before I move on to mine, do you think Mariota sees the field at all this year? If Derek Without, okay. is really bad. <laughs> okay. So, obviously. but I, like, well, I think Carr's the starter. Yeah, no, he's clear the starter. Without I bet, short, I bet, he, I bet he sees the field. Yes. Yeah. Do you think he starts a game? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, my bus is going to be Darren Waller, um, the tight end. 
He got a massive contract. I thought extension. about this. I really yeah. like it. Yeah, he got a massive contract extension in the offseason, which you know is really kind of skeptical for a guy who had a one good season. Um, and I just explained to you why he's not going to have a th- over a thousand yards because they have Henry Ruggs, they have Hunter Renfro, they have Tyra Williams. I mean, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr has options to throw to besides Darren Waller. Darren Waller was the main bell cow, bell cow receiver on this thing, but was the main receiver last year. And I think the, a big factor in my decision was that big contract extension. What does he have to work towards now? He got his bag. He's done. There you go. So I just see him and bust being not being a thousand receiver and Raiders fans are ruthless. I'm not going to stand for it. So I just see him having a bit of a setback here. That's awesome. Cause I thought about picking that and I was like, eh, I don't know. Also, I didn't know this. This was a big reason that I almost picked him. I thought he was a rookie last year. I didn't know he'd been in the league for four years. No, he'd been around a while. Yeah. yeah so with a lot of practice squads. I like that. I really do. Uh, last year was pretty much the only year where he started more than like four games. Yeah. Uh, MVP. I think we might have the same one. Mine is Josh Jacobs. Oh yeah. Gotta be. I mean, I didn't, I honestly hated the pick. Didn't like him going in last year. Dude had 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. I, and only, averaged, and only thir- 13 games. Yeah, and he averaged almost five yards a carry, which is 4. impressive 8. on his own. Yep. So he's going to need to, you know, keep that up. MVP for sure. Definitely the guy that's going to lead this offense into scoring touchdowns. Yeah, Travis kind of set it all for me. I think he was robbed of rookie of the year, for being real honest. I think if he would have played a full 16, he would have got it. But whatever, quarterbacks always get valued over running backs, which is stupid. So Who um, won it? Kyler Murray? Fucking Kyler Murray, yeah. Yep, which leads us in the win total uh, over under seven. And this one's tough because while we both said we like the team, their QB play is a huge concern. It is. I don't see a lot of teams in this division being bad per se. And the seven, the only if it was seven and a half, I would probably say under. But since it's seven, I'm going to say over because I don't see them being worse than last year. I look at first glance of your schedule, I see eight to nine wins. Um, like you even said, the AFC West plays the AFC East, which helps them out a ton. Um, and I think that Vegas actually has, to, in my eyes, the two toughest teams in the AFC East at home, uh, uh, New England and Buffalo. So – I'm going to say over barely. I see eight to nine wins max eight probably being more like it. So I'm going to say over, man, even if, even if they get seven, it's a push. They're not, they're not going to be worse than last year. I don't think I don't even, I don't even see him getting seven with, I just see it being a shit show, big learning curve, new stadium, new atmosphere, which is, is a little small part. But other than that, like I gave him, I even gave them wins against the bucks. I gave him a win against the shit who's the other team in here i guess the, yeah i gave him a win against the chargers i mean i just don't see them winning over seven games okay i don't know man i think i think it's gonna be a big battle and i'm not to show my cards too much i mean obviously the chiefs are the number one team in the division but I think between the Raiders and the Broncos, it's going to be a very, very close battle as to who's the second fiddle. And I gave them a win over the Browns. I mean, I was I was pretty courteous in their wins. I mean, they have kind of – I think they have a tough schedule. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
these these win totals are tough. I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing because I mean, I could easily see this team being seven and nine like last year, but you know, last year I for, I forgot to calculate it. We were both over five hundred in our win totals, though. I know that one hundred percent. Really? Yeah, because I remember I I posted a graphic all of our win totals that we had, and they were all over five hundred. It's money. It's money in the pocket. So we'll see. Which um. That's the that's the Raiders. We still have the Broncos and the Chargers to cover. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, grab a drink, take a piss, do what we got to do, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. As you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, we're back, and we're going to roll into a team that had if you guys listen to our draft episode, episode 74, you know that we loved it. Um, the Denver Broncos. So, um, obviously, you know, we think they had a, an awesome draft. Outside of their draft, um, they lost Brandon Allen and Joe Flacco. whoop de fucking do They did lose a couple of big offensive lineman pieces in Connor McGovern um, and Ronald Leary. They lost Derek Wolf, which we talked about in their AFC North episode. Chris Harris, to me, was a big loss to the Chargers. Cyrus Jones and Will Parks, but some big secondary pieces there, though. Yeah, some big secondary pieces, but I think they replaced them um, or tried to in their very best with the the trade for to get AJ Bouye. Um, they also Jarrell Casey was a big one that they got. Jarrell, Jarrell Casey was a huge one from the Titans. They obviously got Melvin Gordon, which is a, a gigantic grab. Uh, Nick Vanette. Uh, Graham Glasgow, who's going to help replace some of that offensive line loss. So, I mean, they tried to um, couple their their losses with some arrivals and, and some draft picks. So, in their eyes, obviously, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask you anyway. Did they get better or did they get worse? I mean, they, they got better with all the young talent they're bringing in. They definitely didn't get worse. It's just like how is – how are all these new pieces going to, you know, be cohesive – and being better. Yeah. I mean, you already said it. I mean, at, I, Melvin Gordon, AJ Bouye, Joel Casey um, was huge. You know, losing Chris Harris, like I said, and a couple off offensive linemen kind of hurt. Uh, but they addressed that in the draft a bit, I think. And because of that, I say just from a talent perspective, they 100% got better. Yeah, for sure. Which leads us in a sleeper, breakout bus, and all that nonsense, which I'll lead it off like I have. Uh, sleeper, and I know you're going to be like, dude, this is not a sleeper, but this name I'm not hearing when I hear the Broncos this season, it's Melvin Gordon. I feel like it also kind of goes along with the fact that he didn't really play a ton last year, uh, but this is my favorite acquisition they had by them in the offseason, obviously. I think that when he is playing, he is one of the top three running backs in the NFL, uh, people forgot about him a lot because of that contract drama last season. He didn't play a ton. He got kind of overshadowed by Austin Eckler. Denver's building out their O-line. They have a ton of other offensive weapons. I think Melvin Gordon is going to reap the benefits in Denver a lot. I like that pick. I think Melvin Gordon is going to be huge in this system. Huge. He's going to be huge in this system. You're going to hear about 
Yidge. You're going to hear why later. My sleeper is the tight end core um, and really just everyone in the tight end room because when you look at their tight ends, they got some some good ones. So, obviously, everyone's going to look at the wide receivers and be like, oh, my God, they got so much better. But the tight ends, you know, it's just as talented. They have Noah Fant, obviously, who's poised to have a great second year. He started to come on strong once Drew Locke took over as the starting quarterback because Drew Locke loves throwing the tight ends, which is why they drafted this other guy, Albert O, from, from Mizzou. And him and Drew Locke were, you know, a dynamic duo. And then they also, I mean, I think they're going to they're gonna have Albert O and Noah Fant in a lot of two tight end sets. It's going to confuse defenses because it's going to take some pressure off Melvin Gordon. It's going to be a lot. And they also have Jake Butt, who's there in, as their third tight end, who was a stud at Michigan. Or was it Michigan or Minnesota? I can't remember which one. But still. You have him? Yeah, they do, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Hireman is my other one. Yeah, no, I saw Jake Butt on there. Who knows? But whatever, even if it's not, they got Alberto, Noah Fant. That tight end room is going to be a big sleeper because they're going to be overshadowed by the wide receivers. I knew you were going to include some sort of tight end pick in there, so I didn't. My breakout player, which I think we might have the same one, would be stupid not to, is Drew Locke. I should have Drew Locke on here at all, but I love the pick, and I'll let you go with it. I can't, I can't quite give him MVP just yet because the dude. I mean, while we love him, we're here. Drew Locke stands can't give him all that hype just yet. He needs to break out first, hence why he's my breakout player. In just five games last year, he had a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. And take into the consideration that one of those was the Blizzard game in Kansas City mm-hmm. that I was at. So yeah. I mean, that's just out the window. Um, even better than that, he's already been introduced to the NFL. He's gotten playing time. He's gotten starting experience. Now it's time to really just hone in on just balling, his, balling out. Like we've, we've said that they've built out the offensive line a little bit. The offense they've surrounded him with, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, all these young people. I mean, it's just I'm so excited to see how he does this year. I love that pick. Yeah, I didn't want to go super homer because I felt like you were kind of heading there. Um, but my breakout player is another guy that I think you'll agree a lot with, and it's Bradley Chubb, uh, the defensive end. First-round pick two years ago, tore his ACL um, after four games last year, but he had 12 sacks in his rookie year. So if he can kind of return the form and do that again, I think we're talking about a perennial pro bowler, perennial all-defensive player type. I mean, this dude is a stud, and I think he's going to eventually be the leader of this defense, um, you know, kind of, led, you know, I think Von Miller is going to show him the way and Bradley Chubb is going to take over that role when Von Miller retires. So I think he's going to have a massive year. I like that. Yeah. I didn't know he was hurt last year until I just looked it up while you were talking. Yeah. Um, yeah so hopefully he can return to form because this defense is a little weary for me. Um, my yeah. bus player is on the offensive side of the ball as it, might be a shocker to you. It is their wide receiver they drafted. It is KJ Hamler. Mine too. Is it really? Yeah. The wide receiver out of Penn yeah. State. I mean, and it's not just – I mean, he's probably talented. I just think he's going to get overshadowed. Yeah, I mean, that have him in a starting role, which is kind of surprising alone. Uh, I just – I love their draft. I just didn't really like this pick. He only had two years at Penn State. I guess he was redshirted as – freshman year and left after a sophomore year or maybe he went to juco or something not sure either way 
He played two years at Penn State, never had over a thousand yard season, never had a double digit touchdown season. Unless Drew Locke can tr- kind of transform him into like the next Tyree Kill, I just don't see it. But if he does, then he'll do well. Yeah. I mean, I, I put it, you know, like I said, I, I literally wrote, it's not that I don't think he has talent. I just think for an early second round draft pick, Bronco fans are going to expect a lot. And I know people put a lot of expectations on draft picks, but it, that's just how it is. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a performance driven industry. And I just don't think he's going to have. Lucky land casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The, the level that a Broncos fans expect out of a second round pick, I mean, for fuck's sake, Drew Locke was a second round pick. And obviously, he's their starting quarterback. Um, I just don't think he'll simply see the field enough. Like you said, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. We're forgetting about him. I mean, there's just a lot of weapons on this offense where he's going to be very, very low. He's not going to produce a lot. and It's going to be a quote-unquote bust in a lot of fans' eyes. Yeah, for sure. I like that you had that too. Moving on to the MVP, this one was kind of tough, honestly, for well, me. I'll, I'll go first because it's a player that you've already talked about. It's Melvin Gordon for me. Okay. Like you said, when he is playing at his best, playing full, getting lion's share of the carries, uh, being the main bell cow running back, he is the one of the top three running backs in the league. I think you talk about you know, top running backs, talk about Zeke Elliott, talk about Melvin Gordon, and probably Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so he's okay. Melvin Gordon's top, top five. five. He's top five. Top five for sure. I can't think of another one off the top of my head that would belong up there right now. Maybe Kamara, the kid. Camara. Yeah. The kid in Cleveland, Chubb, Chubb, Nick Chubb. So there's okay. We can, we're getting down the rabbit hole. But like I said, when he's playing at his best in a good offense with a lot of weapons, like he did in San, like when he, when it was San Diego with the chargers, um, He's great. He instantly makes the offense better, takes a lot of pressure off Drew Locke to make a play every single time. Um, and I just think he's going to be very, very good for this team. I see him going back to maybe 1,000, 1,500 yards rushing, maybe like four to 500 yards receiving, and uh, obviously double-digit touchdowns all around. So I see him having a huge year. Love it. Love me some Melvin Gordon. Um, my MVP, a little bit different, my MVP is Von Miller. And I know he kind of had an off year last year, only had like eight and a half sacks. Only, only. Oh, yeah, only. I mean, you say only because you look at the dude's career and he's had double-digit sacks in every one but two. Um, But I think if he can go back to his usual ways of those double-digit sacks, he not only does that, but he's a locker room leader. Like Von Miller is a guy 
got a lot of young people on this team. He's going to be kind of, I mean, the captain just to monitor the defense, monitor the well-being of the team. Ron Miller's just that dude that you want on your team. Yeah, I love that pick. I mean, Von Miller, like, he he epitomizes what it, what an MVP should be. He makes everyone else around him better. So, I love that pick. Uh, which rolls us into our Vegas t- uh, win over-under over, uh, over on win totals. And I don't know what it is with the no halves for these teams, but they have Denver at eight, which is tricky. It's, it's kind of tricky at eight, but – I'm going over eight just because I don't see them as a seven and nine team. Like when I'm looking at their schedule, their offense is too talented to drop some of these games to some of these lower rent teams. So like I gave them some losses that maybe they shouldn't some wins. Maybe they don't deserve. And I still had them at eight and eight at the worst. Yeah. I'm also going over like much like the, it's kind of the same reasoning I gave it with the Raiders. Like I told you they got better. I love that their team got better talent wise. And you know, when you get better, you don't really regress in win totals. So, uh, you know, I think they're, I see them as a nine win team probably. Like I really see this team going nine and seven, um, fighting with the Raiders to be that second fiddle. I think they will be Denver. Um, so it's very risky, but I'm going to say over eight, over eight wins. Love it. Broncos are kind of my second team. They with Drew Locke and all the talent they've built around them, and they're going to be fun to watch. I hope. Yep. Cool, Which... yo. Last team, not least. Well, least yeah, last. A little Here bit. Before, they're damn good. The Los Angeles Chargers. Um, what do you have to say about them other than the fact that they lost a shit ton of people? I mean, that's it. I mean, you name it, they <laughs> lost it. I mean, Melvin Gordon, Philip Rivers, Travis Benjamin. Russell Okun, I mean, they lost. Michael Schofield. Yeah, fucking shout out prison break. Um. (laughs) I always think about that. I mean, shit, you even get into the defensive tackle, they lost Brandon Meebane. They lost a lot, but then again, four arrivals were good-ass arrivals. Yeah, I mean, they were, but they also gained Sucre, too, So because they lost Schofield. Oh my god! <laughs> For, that's a, some some prison break humor, but no, they were Brian Beluga's a good one. Chris Harris is obviously a fantastic one. Trey Turner, good one from the Panthers, and then Linval Joseph is uh, just a better defensive tackle. So, um, with that being said, they're clearly building towards the future. So I, mean, did they get I, I love their key arrivals, but it's hard to say they got better. Yeah. I would almost and simply just because of the. <sighs> He play. I know Phil Rivers isn't a championship quarterback, but in comparison to Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor, I'm going to have to say that they got a little bit worse. I think they got worse too. Like I said, they're clearly building toward the, towards the future. They drafted Herbert. We know he's not going to see the field this year or else I don't, I don't really don't. Unless Tyrod – short of Tyrod Taylor getting unless hurt. Unless you have like a Drew Locke situation of last year where he gets hurt. Yeah, unless Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, there's no way I see – Justin Herbert seeing the field. So they're clearly building towards the future. They're not trying to get better this year. So then they, they and take that and spin however you want. They got worse. Um, so, yeah, for now, I do think they're building towards the future. And I do like a couple of their draft picks and what they did. But sleeper, breakout, bus, and MVP. Let's go ahead and roll into sleeper. Yeah, I dove some deep ass and just kind of 
swung it on this because it was kind of tough for me. My sleeper was their first one of their first round picks, Kenneth no, Murray. F- fuck you, yeah. They mine too. I mean, I just love this pick for them. It adds to their already stacked defense because now their defense is pretty damn stacked. Takes pressure off him not to be a star. I mean, the dude isn't like a stat-getting machine, but the he, I mean, he had 17 tackles for loss last season in Oklahoma. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to be the starting middle linebacker on a team that already features Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and Derwin James. I mean, pretty solid. Like you said, takes a lot of pressure off him. If he can just be the player he was at Oklahoma, and trans, if he has, if he can translate well to the NFL and learn the system quickly, I think he's going to have a good year and kind of fly under the radar because of all the big names that are, that are on the defense. Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. Breakout player. Um, I'll go ahead and go. My breakout player was tough to pick, but I am taking KJ Hill, their seventh round wide receiver pick, who is kind of deep on the depth chart. And I'm doing this because I'm not in love with their wide receiver, one of their starting wide receivers, Andre Patton. Uh, he's starting the slot and he's like a six foot two wide receiver. I could easily see this little speedy quick KJ Hill just sliding up into this slot receiver position. I mean, to compliment your two big boys, you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You need a guy that's quick like KJ Hill in the slot uh, to flourish. So I think he might get some playing time and have a decent year. That's a deep, 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 deep dive. Um, seventh round pick. So um, but I like it, you know, you're going, you're going in on there. My breakout player, and it's going to sound crazy, like, oh, my God, this guy's had great years. It's going to be Austin Eckler for me. Um, just because it's now his backfield. There's no more Melvin Gordon drama. There's no more contract drama. Yeah. Look at me. Travis, Travis I'm the captain blue. now. Yeah, he's the captain now, and he is. <laughs> um, and like I said, it may feel weird to call him a breakout player, but he's never had a full 16-game season where he has been the guy. And, you know, if he can maintain his career average of yards per carry, he has a 4.8 yards per carry career average, which is pretty impressive considering how long he's been around. Um, Throughout a full 16 starts, I could see him being a 1,000-yard, if not very close, maybe even over a 1,000-yard rusher. And I think he's going to pair very well with Tyrod Taylor. I see a lot of speed options, read options. um, And, yeah, so I see him being a – having a big, quote-unquote, breakout year in his first full season as a starter. I have loved Austin Eckler ever since Melvin Gordon has had entry problems. Um, So I like that pick a ton. I mean, the dude had eight receiving touchdowns last year. Insane. More than a lot of wide receivers do that start all the time. Um, So I like that. Moving into our bus players, mine is going to be Tyrod Taylor. And this is just because assuming that he gets – you know, a majority of the QB carry this team because I think he will. I mean, the guy had three decent seasons in Buffalo that never really amounted to anything. Now you're looking at him where he's got to lead this offense to success with some decent talent. His defense is pretty good, but I just don't think Tyrod Taylor is that guy at all. I mean, look what he did in, in Cleveland. Like he had to get overshadowed and Baker Mayfield had to come in. So Tyrod Taylor is going to be my bus pick. My bus pick is because of Tyrod Taylor. My bus pick is the wide receiving core. 
So kind of like how the tight end core was the sleeper pick for the Broncos, the bus pick for me for the Chargers is the, is the receiving core. And that is because Tyrod Taylor is not a pure pocket passing quarterback like Phillip River, like Philip Rivers was. You got Mike Evans. You got uh, Mike – oh, no, it's not Mike Evans. You got Keenan Allen, um, Mike Williams. Yeah, Mike Williams. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Two deep threat big boys who want to go up and get the ball. And I'm sorry, but Tyrod Taylor is not that guy that's going to throw it up and get it to you. Like I said, big reason – Tyrod Taylor is also a big reason why I chose um, Austin Eckler as my – breakout players because I think there's going to be a lot of uh, – it's going to be a run-first team. They're going to look to run the ball. A lot of read options. Tyrod Taylor's got speed. He's got wheels. He, he's very good at reading reading the holes in, 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 the, in the defensive line. Um, and I still think they're going to be a pass-first team. So I think, you know, Keenan Allen has been fantastic. Had a lot of 1,000-yard seasons. Not going to happen. I see him taking, taking a step back um, and then being a quote, having a quote-unquote bust year. All righty. Like it kind of supports mine. MVP. I'd be shocked if we didn't have the same person. Fucking no brainer here, man. Joey Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, since he's came into the league, he's had 40 sacks. And that's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. 40 sacks in four years. And one of those years, he only played seven games. Yeah. Cause he was hurt. And his rookie year, he only played 12. So I mean, and, and last year he had 18 tackles for loss career high. And 31 QB hits, another career high. So, he had, I mean, this is a stat that kind of can be overlooked, but he had 10 stuffs, which yeah. as a defensive end, as a rusher, that's pretty damn good. I mean, the kid's an animal. I mean, that family, his parents need to just do what they did. Yeah, it's going to be the, it's gonna be the same <laughs> when we talk about the, the Niners probably. It's probably going to be Nick Bosa, but – I mean, yeah. th- this family's just bananas. Joey Bosa, easy. I mean, he's. I think he's the fifth or sixth favorite to win, or maybe even the third favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. Let me look it up real quick. Because I-, I know it was – I know, I don't think it was. It was uh, – Was it his brother? It was his brother. It was Nick Bosa, Aaron Donald, TJ yeah. Watt. And – Which this is – we said TJ Watt's good value because he's pretty – TJ Watt is plus fifteen hundred. Um, Joey Bosa is plus twenty five hundred. Jesus! Oh God! Could you hear that? No. Oh, there's music playing in my ears and it scared me. Forgot uh, on that web page. You... Went on the wrong, uh, wrong, no. wrong tab over here. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh God! What are you doing, Step Bro? Um, no, <laughs> raises to the win total on the Chargers. Either way, seven and a half. What do you, uh, what are you thinking? So, I'm leaning under. You're leaning. I mean, we've had a lot of opposites. You're going over. I don't know, man. I just think it's low for them, even with Tyrod Taylor under center. So, you Boy, think you're telling me to think that you think the Chargers are going to be better than the Raiders. I do. That's what, that's what you're saying. Wow. Because their defense is so good. If their defense isn't performing and they're letting up a lot, like I'm talking their defense needs to be top five in the NFL, which I, I think mean, is possible given their talent to do this. I mean, for me, this team lost Melvin Gordon. They lost Phillip Rivers. But Melvin they, Gordon was replaceable because Austin Eckler's pretty damn good. Okay, I get that. But they won five games last year. They're not winning eight this year. 
I see them as a six to seven win team at best in my eyes, which is why that's why I'm going the under. I don't know, man. They get to play the AFC East. They got they just I look at their schedule and I feel like they have some pretty easy games. I think you're sleeping on the AFC East a lot. I don't think every fucking team's gonna sweep the AFC East. So No, they'll I mean, lose to the Bills. I mean teams win games. I mean you you have the Dolphins, you have the Pats sneak one in. The Jets probably get swept by him, but you know, that is what it is. But I'm just saying, like I just don't I'm, see I don't there, I'm not there's in love no with way. this at all. But yeah. I think I'm just picking over as the AFC East or West is really good. Um, and I just wanted to go over on them just because, because I think their defense is that good. Okay. Well, that's that. So that about does it for our AFC West preview. Uh, UFC 251 this, is this weekend. We will be back next week with an AFC South preview and a short little snippet Major League Baseball preview. Or is that the following week? I can't remember. Should my, I'm getting so lost in this whole quarantine bullshit. Yeah, uh, you are you got me fooled, but just stay tuned. We'll let you know. I'm pretty sure we should probably do it next week because it, it's going to – baseball will happen the following week on a Thursday, so assuming it happens. But the 60-game schedule is interesting. I love the Cardinals schedule. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It'll be – it's going to be a different season, that's for sure. But it's going to be kind of hard to pay attention because playoff hockey starts the following week. Well, no, it doesn't. Playoff basketball does. Playoff hockey, they're discussing it this week. Their estimated start date is August 1st. Okay. Well, there we go. And basketball is for sure July 31st, though. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be right there. Baseball's going to might have to take the back burner for a little bit. I mean, I'm just drooling of the, uh, about the parlays here. Jared's I mean, drooling about all the money he's going to lose. Hey, so, I saved it because I haven't gambled in the last, like, two months. There you go. Um, I have, but that's another story for another day. We will put out our UFC picks. You guys have a good weekend, and don't miss the fight on Saturday. Peace out. If I woke up without you, I don't know what I would do. Thought I could be single forever till I met you. Usually don't be falling, be falling, falling fast. You got a way of keeping me coming back to back. I just found out the only reason that you're loving me was to get back at your ex lover. But before you leave, usually I would never, would never even care. Baby, I know you're creeping, I feel it in the air. Every night and every day, I try to make you stay. Savage love Did somebody, did somebody break your heart Looking like an angel but you're savage love When you kiss me I know you don't get two fucks But I still want that You're savage love
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 